we are children of the greatest creative force in the entire universe and we should act like it oh yeah you know we should be the most creative people on the planet and we're not mm -hmm. and it is a shame and i want to help people in the christian circles get there stay tuned for the show poets at war is sponsored by the following i'm ian wilson and i create graphic art using primarily traditional methods supplementing with digital where it's needed i use a real pen a real paper a real graphite to make my art i like to feel my art i've always been this way i love the feeling of a pen or pencil in my hand the sound of graphite scratching paper and i love the sight of a nice black line making its way across the page so why choose traditional art over digital traditional art has an organic natural quality that seems to be missing from most digital illustrations. The illustrated books and comics that were made in the days before digital have an excellence and staying power that is just as vibrant now as it was decades ago. These are the stories that stay with you. Dr. Seuss, Winnie the Pooh, Where the Wild Things Are. People still read these. I'm currently working on my own graphic novel series, Legend of the Swordbearer, and I've also had the privilege to draw graphics for two motion comic series, along with illustrations for a small magazine, Logos Sophia magazine, and various book covers. Don't let traditional art fade into the dust. Help me keep it alive. You won't regret it. Visit my website at ianthomaswilson.com for more info. Soldiers, Kevin Newsom is on the show today. He is speaking of geekery, all things geekery, music, games, authorship. He has many books and things to talk about, many, many things to discuss. Let's join him in the trenches on Poets at War. Joshua, I'm going to end mine right there. I'm actually just going to stop the recording. Okay, that's fine. Not a problem. I'll keep mine going for my part. And uh, you can take over. It's all, all you right. know. Awesome. So how Thank have you, you so been much, lately? By the way. Thank oh, you yeah, so much. absolutely. Absolutely. I hope it was good and not uh, too yeah, terribly I, deep. I, I went a lot deeper than some of my other ones <laughs> and a little more interviewee than what I would normally do. But um, it was good. It was good. That's good. I'm Our glad pleasure. to hear it. So um, I have done a little bit of research on you, but I have been so slap bang busy because I've got the Fight Laugh Beast uh, conference coming up and I've got uh, I'm working that situation. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know those guys or not, um, but I'm doing uh, media for them. And so I've been crazy busy trying to get my house in order for that because my whole family is going. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess I'm interested more in what you do. I kind of get the the podcast aspect and I couldn't get a whole lot deeper. Um, <laughs> so tell me, tell me kind of uh, what you do and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do. I do a little bit of everything. The podcast is, is an experiment. Um, I'm not entirely sure how, how sustainable it is. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I'm wanting to do is um, 
move into uh, positioning myself as a, a creativity consultant, um, mm -hmm. a, a creativity expert with the idea that I, to, to be able to help Christian creatives become the best creative they can be. So one of my passions is, is to uh, help people fully realize what it means to be excellent in their creativity, uh, in their pursuit of following God, because, you know, we're, we are, we are part of, we are children of the greatest creative force in the entire universe. And we should act like it. Oh yeah. You know, we should be the most creative people on the planet and we're not, mm -hmm. and it is a shame. And I want to help people in the Christian circles get there. I think we can get there with some little guidance. So part of the podcast is, is really trying to set myself up as an authority in that area, mm -hmm. talk to some creatives and what I've run into already is a difficulty in uh, sorting out the people who are okay producing mediocre creativity versus right. the people I really want to talk to the really excellent creatives who, uh, who aren't getting the visibility that they need to get. Right. Those are the people I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I found a few, uh, hopefully I found one in you. I hope so. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's what I'm looking for. So that's. Oh, I lost you. My, well, audio wise yep is that a cable yep did there you get it back yep got it okay. back so that's the direction i'm going i'm actually working on, on a doctorate degree that's going to help me get there and hopefully i'll be able to position myself in that direction um i am a multi-passion creative that uh, has dabbled in lots and lots of different things i am a classically trained musician i've been a musician since i was six years old uh, my primary instrument was uh, trombone. I have a music degree that I specialized in low brass instruments. Uh, my secondary was classical guitar. So I'm also a guitarist. I'm a worship leader in my church. Um, I play about 12 different instruments. I'm also a published fiction author and I dabble in video production. And here recently I've been getting into live stream gaming. So yeah, <laughs> a That's little fun. bit I love of everything. Uh, and the one discipline that I sort of let kind of die away in high school, I was a pencil sketch artist mm -hmm. and I had to prioritize. And so in college, I, I spent more time on my music and writing than I, and I kind of let that sort of die away and um, let my wife and my daughter handle that kind of art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, that's uh that's good to hear. So are you um, focusing more on uh, as as a, you know, positioning yourself as an expert in that situation? Are you focusing more on uh, getting people's work shown? Or are you focusing more on craft? Um, or a little both? A little both right now. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really focusing on, on making sure I have all of the knowledge and skills and foundations that I need to be able to help others. Gotcha. Right now I'm trying to um, position myself into these communities of artists, uh, filmmakers, musicians, writers, and things like that. I'm already pretty active in, in some of the Christian writing communities, um, but some of these mus musician and um, uh, filmmaking communities. I'm not, not quite so active. So I'm trying to get involved and get to know some people 
in those areas and um, actually find ways to produce some products to actually show these, Hey, I do know what I'm talking about right. in these areas. I'm not worried about the writing side of it. I can kill the writing all day long. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's been, it's been 20 years since I actually produced anything musically that, you know, somebody could consume. I used to compose and, and, and write music and I never published anything, but it, it's a product I could put out there if I want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, but that's been a long time and I haven't really done anything since. Um, and film wise, um, I'm, I'm trying to get into script writing. So to try to get myself into the film community. Um, and I've got a couple of things I want to work some scripts out on. I just, it's just, it's a timing thing. I work full time as a worship pastor. So um, just having the time to <laughs> write my next, finish my next novel, write a script, yeah. do some music all of the things. Um, meanwhile, I just want to go home, kick my feet up and play video games and live stream and do that. So <laughs> uh, too much I want to do and not enough time to do it. I hear that. I hear that. Well, I'm, I'm sort of in a camp where I have an expert sort of thing, but my expertise is specifically more geared toward um, not just fatherhood, but family dynamic in general. Um, I, I want whoever is listening to be their family's bard. And I got into that a little bit, but the idea that um, there's somebody in the family usually who is the keeper of the stories, whether they be fiction or the family stories, or, you know, you're the one who archives, you're the one who makes the video for Nana's funeral, you know, um, whatever the case may be, you're the person who keeps and tells those stories. Um, and I think that's an incredibly important aspect of uh, family dynamic and every family sure. pretty much has one, but if they don't, their, their family severely lacks. Um, it's, well, it's, my wife is the one who remembers all the things, mm -hmm. um, as far as the documenting, I've, yeah. I've done lots of videos and stuff. We've, we've taken Disney vacations every other year. And rather than just taking a whole bunch of pictures, I've always filmed and mm -hmm. created a movie for them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's been really, really special. Um, and those stories that. are, and, and, and telling those stories, you know, and, and crafting them in a way that is actually excellent um i think that some people look at it and they go uh well that didn't make money it doesn't matter i mean it really doesn't i'm i'm finding more and more that i'm getting i'm getting further and further away from thinking what is sustainable because quite frankly the last you know 10 15 years have proved that virtually nothing is sustainable to me the whole entire economy is moving toward one of where labor is the most prized uh, and most uh, sought after, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, asset, you know? Right. Um, and so for me, if I can be the one who writes uh, the most best stories in the most consumable way possible, like I'm going to win. I don't know if that, that means I'm going to make money, but I'm going to win. I'm going right. to win the goodwill of everyone. I'm going to have friends when times are hard, I'm going to, you know, and it's not a manipulative thing. It's just me doing what God gave me to do. Um, well, and I always coach um, young creatives, especially writers. I talk to a lot of writers um, that if you, if you think you're getting into this for the money, <laughs> you're going to be very disappointed. Yep. 
most, most years, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time. I've got an entire series that's published four books. Um, and they're, they're, they're on all the platforms, you know, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. You can get them easily. Um, most years I am, I am doing good if I've made enough royalties to pay for my website. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right? I, I've been in the, the writing and publishing game and I tried that Avenue, uh, for, for years, you know, and I've, I've made virtually nothing on it, but where I have made uh headway in a lot of things is, um, I have a friend who, uh, uh, literally all we've done is we're in a group chat on Facebook uh and we've we've been friends for on there for a while and uh i introduced him to my group of friends and we're all just kind of this group uh i'd love to add you if you're on facebook at some time but the uh, sure. uh we're called the, uh, the wonder brood that came from the, the the phrase brood of writers which this friend of mine actually coined which was you know kind of a play on jesus's words but we're sort of an inkling you know token mm-hmm. lewisy kind of group and he, you know, I had, I had a situation where I just threw up prayer to them saying, you know, we have, uh, we have to make a trip soon to my mother because she's not doing well. And she's, you know, sick and, and, and we need to get to her and we need to fix our uh, car's brakes before we do that. And no joke, this, this friend who, you know, just has known me for years, whatever said, I got you. And he took care of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that kind of a thing is God. That's not just my friend. That's me being faithful as a friend um, right. and being a faithful server of soul food, you know, the stories. And, and so like, I don't understand it all. And I'm not saying that I don't plan and I don't, you know, I'm not excellent in what I do. I try to be as excellent as possible, Sure, but I'm not, made to worry about that (laughs) i i'm made to worry about the craft and the beauty and the whatever else and i believe in time and in his his ways and his purpose for my sanctification god is going to bring the people into my life that i need to help me with those other aspects you know um and so uh, constantly my wife says you're worrying about this you're worrying about that don't worry about that right are you writing if you're not writing i know because you're not feeling well (laughs) you know (laughs) and so it's uh, and and every time every single time you know the the bible says uh in psalms with david i've never seen the righteous begging bread and I really do believe that. I believe that there are times where he brings us as low as, as we think we can go. And then, you know, if we're continuing our faithfulness, raises us from the ashes. He, this is his pattern continually. And so, you know, I'm trying to lean into that with everything right. I've got at this point in my life. I'm 32. And, and you know, I, I, I know so many other people with this sort of thing. And I'm not saying don't go into something that you know is going to fail. But if you know that you're actually called to do it, which I had right. 10 years of calling, you know, the, or just God's just calling, 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 do your writing, even when uh, people tell you that you're wasting your time. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You've got like, to, you've got to love, love the craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is what I, what I tell um, young writers on the backside of you. If you're in it for the money, you're going to be disappointed. You've got to be doing it because you, you love what you do. Right. And you're not going to love it all the time. That's the other thing, no. <laughs> but you love what you, what is being 
uh, created and you love um, uh, and you cannot get away from the process, whether it is a continual frustration or whether it is uh, bliss and joy. The fact is you cannot get away from it. God will not let you get away from it. Right. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's been, it's been a pretty, pretty dry for me on the writing front, but mm -hmm. I think about it all the time. It's like, I need to do this. I need to be doing this. And then something else comes up, something Mm -hmm. other project needs my attention. And, and, you know, a few days pass, I need to get back to this. I need to get back to this. Um, I've got two or three projects that I want to write and just, waiting for the motivation to get get started again yeah yeah here you can't not do it whereabouts are you in the grand united states i'm guessing uh south carolina south carolina how uh, how far from the georgia border um we are about smack in the middle of the state smack in the middle okay yeah i'm i'm in augusta so i'm not i'm not terribly far from your your general region so no i'm I'm originally from mississippi and we we go to uh, Augusta, go through Augusta on the way to visit mm-hmm. family all the time. Yep. Um, I've actually got some college friends in North Augusta, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I, I just asked because I'm just trying to understand a little more of the context in which you live. And I've, I've been mulling over uh as you can tell i think pretty deeply about certain things i feel embarrassed sometimes you know going in that deep on some stuff but other times i'm like nah people need to really think about this um the south is one of those things where creativity is it's it's really been driven by nashville you know as far as our regional creative center our hollywood is nashville um and the thing with nashville i have found is uh are you familiar with flannery o'connor yes okay she wrote that this the the south is not uh so much christ uh centered as it is christ haunted um and i tend to agree with that and one of the ways that i really find it christ haunted is we look at nashville and we see a microcosm of the entire south when it comes to creativity, we see these uh, wonderfully creative people like Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash in the earlier days, you know, when it really started getting big. And even before that, where they, they, they go and they make the music and they travel. And what does the church do? The church drops them because they're not showing up every Sunday, right? Because they're called to travel. Now, there's certain amounts of stuff that they still owe the church, but the church was only concerned with what owed to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have this mutual, well, you're not, you're not caring about me. So I'm not caring about you. And what happens? They get into drug issues. They get into all sorts of things. They tend to liberalize in their theology and the way that they, they, they think about things and, and they bring in friends that accept them as who they are, even though who they are is getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, this is just a microcosm of what I've seen in the South. The South has a problem culturally with artists because the artists have had a problem with them and vice versa. And I'm trying to think more and more along the lines of how we as a church community, a local church community can help artists. Uh, One of the shining examples uh, that I can think of is um, died 
25 years ago, like two days, uh, 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 as of two days ago, 25 years is uh, Rich Mullins. Are you familiar with him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, are you a little familiar with his story or no? Yeah, well, I, a little bit. A little bit. Um, not, as, uh, not as familiar as my wife is. Yeah. Well, he actually, um, he had a situation where, and and he he was a little weird, you know, theologically on some things, and he, but he was very much like he loved Jesus. And one of the big things that he wanted to do, he did not want to go to Nashville. He did not want to become a, a star, but he was pushed in that direction by his friends. And he uh, found that uh, he was so tired and sick of the money and the lifestyle and everything else that he said, church, will you, my church, will you take all of my money, pull out of it, a, a an average living american wage for me and use everything else to the glory of god and they did and i'm not saying that you need to go that far like you mm. can take a little bit more money it's your money you know what i'm saying i'm not even going that far because the fact is you earned it um but whatever the case may be whatever goodness of your heart if an artist is going and making the money and then ministering to his church by giving back as much as he possibly can um whatever that may be and and even uh in my case i'm giving tons of extra time to my church i work for my mm -hmm. church i earn some money from them but i give a whole lot of extra hours to our church you know um sure. and, and and so to me like there's there's so much that the church needs from an artist just in craft and there's so much that they need you know when you, if you're a big star and you're traveling from the monetary and so if you're giving back to the church and the church isn't giving back to you then yeah there's going to be resentment <laughs> you know the church needs to be ministering to your soul you know to everything right. that you and your family need and there's there's so much there that has just fallen apart because of uh the way all of this works i don't know if if, if uh and this is pretty big picture but like i don't know if you've noticed that in the culture i really want to get to the culture well, of creatives in the south well, and and part of it, uh, well, I, I I would I would hazard to say a great majority of the problem is has come from uh, our education system getting rid of the creative arts. Yes. So we're not we're not teaching the next generation the creative arts in in a way that um, elevates it to the status of sports. So right. sports sports rules in the South right now. Yes. Uh, and and that has as the generations are losing their their creative education it's coming into the church and so we we've seen that you know children and and students and even young adults are are, are not participating in the creative arts in the church mm -hmm. they're not going in uh uh into the adult workforce as creatives mm -hmm. uh the it's the the funnel of creatives being being generated in the south is getting smaller and smaller and smaller um and uh, i i would actually hazard to think that it's it's par partially part of what's causing our um mental health crisis oh yeah especially that, in the south is yeah. that we've we've taken so much creative arts out of our education system so where where do you fix it you you you, you gotta get the creative arts elevated again to a place of importance mm -hmm. as education 
I, I made the argument when I was in college that you could throw out every, almost every subject that's, that's in school, teach creative arts, and through the creative arts, educate across all other subject lines. Mm-hmm. You can you can teach science through creative arts, English through creative arts, history through creative arts. You can teach all these other things through creative arts, but you can't go the other way. Right. You can't teach history and teach creative arts at the same time, but it can go vice versa. So it, it is more to me it is a it is a better educational target to focus on creative arts and to try to get other disciplines taught cross taught through creative arts and is to throw out creative arts and this is the goal of a lot of homeschooling not all but a lot of homeschooling where if you have a child who thinks more um strictly mechanically you can teach them more traditionally give them the structure they need or you can go more Mm. creative um i'm finding more people going more creative i think just because the pendulum has swung so far in the direction of drone creating drones for the workforce um but the other the other factor um, is uh, classical schools. Classical schools have this exact philosophy that you're speaking of. Um, it's the concept that through uh, the teaching of things like uh, Latin and creative thinking and all these other sorts of things with, and giving a real liberal arts uh, 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 type of education, you are essentially creating a situation where um, people learn to think and if people right. can learn to think, they can learn how to solve problems. Right. Um, and, and, and in that way, creative thinking is actually more pragmatic right. than the sure. opposite, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, some of the guys that are doing really good on that are the guys up in Moscow, Idaho uh, with uh, Logos and, you know, some of those other sorts of things. You know, I was I was more traditional homeschool and I tend to prefer that um, just because it's it's it leaves so much more room for people who have problems like I did with the dyslexia Mm. and other things. And, uh, but I was able to excel in other areas while I got better in the, in the areas that I lacked. So that was, uh, really, really helpful. Um, so with that said, uh, what, I, I guess the thing that I'm most interested in, in this conversation is like, you know where you have a love obviously um for people who have uh felt like you who feel the need to create beautiful and amazing things and are just having a hard time getting it to people who are uh also just trying struggling with the 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 struggle of you know not just getting the art out but actually like creating it and all that other kind of stuff like, tell me more about that and where, what, what you hope to accomplish in the lives of specific individuals, like, you know, who are your avatars, so to speak, of people that you want to really help? Oh, um, what I have found is some of the most creative, innovative people out there are all in the, in the, in the areas. Mm-hmm. So the indie musicians, the indie writers, the indie filmmakers, um, who, who are Christian, um, these are the ones that are creating the most innovative art that's coming out of, out, out of Christianity right now. 
Um, but because they're indie, they are not getting the broad range of exposure that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Because they're not getting the broad range of exposure that they deserve, this kind of innovation and creativity is is not gaining traction. It's not um, it's not transforming the industry. Uh, so the industry is going industries are going backwards because all they're doing is chasing the ideal um, the the ideal target audience in order to to sell more music in order to uh, get more plays on the radio in order to get more books off the shelf um, uh, in order to get more of your films into churches you know things like that so there's certain formulas that are being used that are um, becoming very very cliche in a lot of ways and so my goal is to try to find ways what what i ultimately want to do and this is a huge big picture thing and i I can't do it by myself right i want to see one i want to see these industries changed to where innovators and highly creatives are are pushing the industry in such a way that the world sees that Hey, these Christian people have some of the most creative people on the planet. We need to be paying attention to them, not be, not just because of their message, but because of their artistry. Mm-hmm. And through their artistry, they are also getting the message. And so we were seeing some of this in the '90s in the music industry. Yes, we had a lot, a lot of creative. The most creative Christian music came out of the '90s and mm-hmm. the early 2000s. Um, some of uh, the innovations in storytelling from a Christian perspective, highly innovative in the nineties and early two thousands. We, we, we had a, a culture shift in the way people saw what Christian fiction could be mm-hmm. in the nineties. And, and, you know, I, I contribute like Frank Peretti as the Godfather really created a, a paradigm shift in Christian fiction when when he when he wrote um wrote his started writing his this present darkness and such uh, that w- that was paradigm shifting in the way christian fiction could be approached um we haven't really seen these kinds of shifts in the uh the christian film industry um because the christian film industry is they're making they're making films for themselves right they're not really necessarily making films for a a secular audience i'm seeing a bit of change in that slowly um it's it's slow coming there there are a handful of people but but again those they're very independent mm -hmm. and they are uh, not getting the exposure they need to get yeah the two the two exceptions i would say as far as how independent they are um that i would bring up are um and yeah, there's there's an influx of Mormons in it and everything else. And everyone always tends to talk about that. I'm not a fan of The Chosen, but I like Angel Studios. I like what they're doing. Um, I am a big fan of their upcoming Wingfeather saga. I love the books. I've got the books over there on the top of that mm-hmm. shelf over there. And uh, Andrew Peterson is just amazing with what he does. I don't always agree with his politics um, and some of the stuff that goes on at the rabbit room, but I do like those people immensely um and the uh the other one that i'll mention is uh marcus Pittman. 
Um, he's uh, created Lore.TV. Are you familiar with those guys? Lore.TV? Yeah, L-O-O-R.TV. No, I'm not familiar okay. with them. Um, they are creating a direct Netflix competitor, direct streaming competitor, um, and they are seeking to create a place that is um, run by Christians and essentially as long as you are not uh crossing actual biblical lines you can put whatever you want up you know um they're going more of the sort of libertarian idea yeah room. and they are they are creating something very very good as far as the people that they're actually getting they're they're getting some folks that the the hollywood is cast off like um Oh, Chris, for last name starts with an S. He created, uh, or no, he was he was heavily involved with Lilo and Stitch. Um, uh, he's doing an animated show. Um, there's some other things going on over there, but they have some big industry people, both Christians and non, mm. and they are they are actually uh, getting quite a lot of um, press and interest from uh, big uh, capital investing. You know, so. yeah. And, and, and that kind of reminds me, and I'm not necessarily saying the example that you gave falls into this category, but that reminds me of um, the other big issue that I think needs to be addressed mm -hmm. um, in that we have spent much of the past 30 years creating a subculture of creativity within the Christian uh, right. mindset within the church. And uh, nowhere in the history of the church has that ever been the case. Correct. Yeah. Except for these past 30 years. Right. Um, and I think that's been a mistake. We should have mm -hmm. never started creating our subculture. We should have always been encouraging Christians to engage in the secular markets of their craft. And not just that, but also even within our own social circles in the church, we should never be creating, you know, um, uh, you should get together with your creative friends and think creatively, don't get me wrong, but we should not be setting ourselves apart from the church right. in it when it comes to our own, you know, creative endeavors and that sort of a thing, you know, that right. that's, that's something where we get pigeonholed even within the church socially. And that's, that can be a really big problem. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing the shift. Um, so the, the, the culture shift uh, has been, so has been um, shifting more in the writing side mm -hmm. of things than I've seen it in the music and, and the film, film industry, which is odd because technologically music has led the way. Mm -hmm. Um so uh, music went digital before before books went digital. Uh, so technology and the way that you think about consuming music has led the way. But the culture shift in the writing industry seems to be going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. We've got, we got more Christians that are saying, you know what, I want to write quality fiction that can be consumed by the general market. I want it to be positive. I want it to be um, uh, clean. Uh, and I want to engage people in a creative way that can point them to uh, that if they were to, you know, dig in and want to find out more and address like ultimate questions, address mm -hmm. life questions and things like that within these books, subtle things that can drive them to Christianity without beating them over the head with Bible verses. Right. Right. 
so i'm seeing that more in the writing industry than i am anywhere else uh the music industry you know uh, we need worship music we're always going to need worship music why worship music has become the primary form of entertainment mm -hmm. for christian music i i have no idea why why are we doing that it's because there, i i have an answer for that it is because <laughs> we have a low view of worship you're, you're exactly right. And here at my church, we are very, um, I'm very picky about the music that we, we do. Mm -hmm. I have a list of about four or five questions, criteria that every song that we want to consider to, to be sung as a worship song has to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of good songs that are out there that we've crossed off the list say, Nope, this doesn't make the cut. It's not going on going before our people. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the, the songs that are the most creative, most innovative, that are telling the right kind of stories that are not worship music, not being put on the radio. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and that needs to change. Oh yeah. And then there's people who've been around forever doing that, like skillet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've been, they've been doing their thing for years and years and years. I love John Cooper. I love his theology. Great guy. Um, but he's, uh, He's one of those few guys that's just stood stood his ground the entire time and continues to stand. You know, yeah, I, if 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 you're one of the elders in the Christian music industry, you get a pass on these rules. Oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But he doesn't get played on the radio either. That's the thing. He has his lot, own little no. following. You know what I'm saying? Like he does his couple crossover hits every now and then uh, when he has to. But it's like yeah, you know, and they water it down. They take all the like yeah, they take out. all the edge out of. <laughs> <laughs> stuff <laughs> but you know it's 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 like you said music leading i think the music industry itself has become when the riaa thing kind of started happening in the early 2000s we had napster we had you know limewire we had all these other sorts of things yeah the industry was so grasping that it caused us to have what is essentially um and yes there are alternatives like amazon music but they're also from a big conglomerate we, we basically have spotify and that's it now right and the fact is you know everybody gets to join in but everyone only gets a tiny piece because we're grasping this is what the scripture calls grasping this is this is the i don't like using the term greed because it it has a lot of cheesy connotations but grasping gives you a better idea of what scripture is trying to get at it's the idea that i need every single ounce of my you know uh, a fee back from you there's no room for like the gleaning of the fields like with ruth right there's no room for uh the little leftovers being dropped here and there and i find the idea the, the entire system of intellectual property is messed up within the United States because we sure. have uh, systems that were built during the time of player pianos <laughs> still in effect. Um, and to me, I feel like anybody should be able to take my characters, my, my worlds, my stories and run with them in their own way and let the market decide because we know who is making what now it's not like you can fake being joshua david ling very right. well you know what i'm saying oh and, yeah and, and and i from my official platform can very clearly say this is a fake don't 
don't deal with this right right the the days of having to mail yourself a poor man's copyright are, are over nobody nobody right. is going to steal your stuff right and so to me um the fact that i can uh if if i have so many stolen quote unquote songs movies whatever the case may be that people want to, that will pay great money to see me at a convention i've won you see what i'm saying like that's sure. that that's that's positive and it doesn't necessarily even have to be uh physical people will, will pay to see me on a zoom call you know whatever the case may be the, there are people at that level who are still nickeling and diming people over the fact that uh they 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 downloaded a song illegally they downloaded a movie illegally right and 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 to me like sure legalities you know christian what's that i'm not even going to go into that situation my point is the the music industry has stopped leading because the music industry has nothing left but one giant outlet that is full of grasping and they're trying to keep it that way as close as they can that's why the christian music industry has fallen off from when we had all this creativity Right. down to what's the bare minimum that we know is going to get a, a consistent result. People want consistency in their money yep. more than they want to risk. So they, they use a formula mm -hmm. they have, they, they target everything to Becky. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, the only reason that the movie industry is still trying on both sides, the woke side and the Christian side, you know, whatever is because that is the the only left really uh because academia doesn't do this really anymore is that's the one arena left for philosophical ideas on a mass global scale mm -hmm. well you can you can push a, an agenda whatever the agenda is good or ill better with a 25 million dollar film right <laughs> than you can with the biggest political campaign on the entire planet you know and and so to me that's why the 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 stories are are the big battleground right now i think music will come back right. um and it is coming back in its own little pockets but i think platforms are a big issue i think um christians aren't creating them in many cases um and they're trying in for various places, but they're using, um, you know, uh, uh, master's coin, <laughs> you know, to, to do it with Amazon web services and all these other sorts of things. Mm. And we don't need to create a, a parallel economy to do any of this, but we do need to, you know, I was, I was listening cause I was doing a news show. I was, I was, um, editing a news show. Um, it's one of the things that I do for my general daily living. And they were talking about um, some of the uh, this conservative news show. They were talking about how we basically had two um, voting uh, voting companies do the voting machines. Now, I'm not talking anything about the voting and what was legit and whatever else. But I'm talking about specifically the fact is we had two private companies creating 100% of the voting machines in the United States. Mm. And we had no one who was purchasing them know anything about how the machines worked. Unfortunately, we don't want to make anything from scratch these days. Nobody does. 
And until we start knuckling down and doing the hard things, right. And, and owning what we actually create, we're, we're going to continue to have problems. That doesn't mean you shouldn't post and all on YouTube and TikTok and everywhere else you should, but you should also be seeking to create the most ownable things that you can while you're at it, you know? Right. And, um, we should also, uh, not be afraid of, of technology and adopting mm -hmm. new ways of building our platforms and, uh, and getting our message and our we should work be out as, there. just as innovative as in our art. Well, and, and historically Christians have always been early adopters of technology. Mm -hmm. God has always been one of the earliest adopters to get the message uh, of the gospel out or, or to get his message out uh his historically i think of um um so you you look at uh, when moses is writing the ten commandments for example mm -hmm. uh so the ten commandments are given to him written on tablets what you don't realize is that writing in that particular method was a new technology was a new innovation and so immediately um, within within just, you know, probably a hundred, couple of hundred years, God is using the newest innovation and in technology to get his message out to his people. Yep. To spread the message. We see uh, part of the success of the spreading of the early church was thanks to the technology of the Romans who built the road systems. Yep. You know, things like that. Uh, the radio, you know, the early adopters of the radio were putting sermons on the radio things like that. And I think somewhere along the line in the past 50, 60 years, and uh, I, I'm going to blame uh, the rise in interest in eschatology. Uh, we became scared of being early adopters of technology. And uh, I'm blaming eschatology because uh, how many times have you heard of a new technology and somebody has claimed that that might be the mark of the beast? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And it, let's, let's, let's narrow it down a little, not all eschatology. That's, that's dispensationalism. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we got to get over this. So I think we've got to be early adopters. We've got to see the new technology and not be afraid of it. Um, you know, a, a lot of churches, a lot of ministries, a lot of Christians and creatives have missed the boat when it comes to something like TikTok. Oh yeah. The, the TikTok format Mm -hmm. is the next iteration of social media. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. There's a reason uh, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram have all copycatted TikTok. Well, and, and, and the biggest thing that I hear from people um, about TikTok is they say, it's training us away from having longer form memories and all this other kind of stuff. And I say, okay, well, I specifically address that problem in the fact that I uh, release epic poetry <laughs> through that platform <laughs> in right. bite-sized chunks you know that 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 hopes hopefully gets them to watch the next part so i'm sitting here going you can address those problems from within right and and take all the positives at the same time you know um, and and it's it's increasingly becoming more of a a search engine type of thing so people aren't necessarily um going there for their entertainment and so you know thus uh training themselves with shorter attention spans with their entertainment but they're they're going to get educated and part of that includes pushing them to a place where they can get more information uh mm -hmm. so we don't have to <laughs> focus on that part we can say hey 
hey, here's here's a short little tidbit of what I have to say. If you want to find out more, here's a place where you can get more information. Um, and and that's short, but it's also pushing them to a longer form. Uh, we just we we just got to stop being scared of new technology and mm-hmm. new forms of getting the message out there. We've we've got to be innovative in those ways as well. Are you familiar with Samuel Morse? Maybe you're familiar with Morse code, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you know you know the story of Morse code or no? Um, I, I have known it in the past, but it's not. It's it's been filed away in in long term storage. So. Short thing. Uh, Christian guy Samuel Morse. He was a Calvinist, uh, a, a, a Presbyterian guy in England. He uh, actually gets uh, uh, a letter that says. Uh, while he was away from home, your wife has died and don't come back, uh, immediately because by the time you get here, the letter gets to you and you get back or she'll be in the ground. Don't bother rushing back. He said, there's gotta be a way to fix this. Well, he was friends with some of the people who Benjamin Franklin's friends with, they were playing with electricity and whatever Mm -hmm. else. And he, and they were talking about how fast it moves and their calculations on how fast electricity moves from one end to the other. And he said, I wonder if you can send a message along that. And they thought they think he's crazy. Right. But through that God creates not only Morse code, a way to give messages really really fast but morse code the binary of morse code the concept of morse code is exactly the thing that is built upon zeros and ones that we are communicating to this day with right and i can actually see your face and you can see mine and hear these words and that was a gift of god you know um we we see these sort of technological advancements all the time one guy who's really good at talking about this is marcus Pittman of lore um, so I definitely encourage you to seek him out and see it because he's on tons of people's podcasts. He's just trying to get the word out. So, uh, right. I definitely, uh, commend him to you. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, we're wrapping up here, I think, but I, I, I'm just really interested in kind of where you're coming at it. Cause you're, you're really interested in coming alongside of guys who've felt the same way you do. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, probably have other friends that you have in mind when you're thinking of this sort of thing too, from what I'm hearing, but I just, you know, I think that aspect doesn't get talked about enough. Um, It does, but it's usually in sort of a, you know, rabbit room tends to have sort of a, a elevated view of what friendship means in ways that I'm kind of eh, on certain fronts, but just being a Samwise to your, to your fellow neighbor as best as you can um giving them soul food when you can giving Mm -hmm. them encouragement um i know some of my friends who've really benefited from mine and i've vastly benefited from theirs and just knowing you know so fight laugh feast um this conference that i'm going to be going to i went there last year and i talked with a pastor there um and we were talking about my strange eclectic clothing which is designed to be very pt barnum get people's attention that sort of Mm -hmm. a thing it's uh uh but uh i I was talking to him about it and the theology surrounding it and whatever else and uh one of he said well you know tell me about your goals and that sort of thing i told him told him why i want to write stories and uh hopefully you know make money for my family and all that other kind of stuff and he said good uh don't stop and I 
you know, this is no condemnation on my pastors that I've had growing up and even now, but I, I nearly broke down and I told him, you know, I've never heard that from a pastor. And he started to tear up and he's mm. a really uh, strong, masculine kind of man that isn't, you know, in these, he, he doesn't cry easily at all. Um, but I could just see in his eyes, like, that's, that's insane, you know, and I told him about my dad and how, what he gave to me, you know, the covenant of blessing that we've had as a family, the things that we've shared. And I want to give that to all of my friends and my family. I want there to be mm-hmm. so much joy and encouragement that it is exported to the world. And I really, uh, I see that same thing in you and I'm praying that you succeed brother. I really do. Um, and anything I can do to help. And I mean that sincerely, you just let me know. Okay. Um, uh, anything I can promote or, or help with, uh, you just let me know. And, uh, like I said, we, if you want to join the brood of riders, uh, the, the wonder brood, (laughs) you let me know, you want to do whatever the case may be. I can connect you with folks. Just let me know. So where can people find your stuff and uh, plug anything you want to plug? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my, my primary series that's out right now is the winter series. Um, It's um, you know, you might consider it uh, upper level YA or Mm -hmm. um, adult YA. There's, there's a, there's a subgenre that's kind of being created where there's a YA for grownups yeah. kind of thing. Um, but uh, it's, it's about a, um, a college girl uh, who is a new Christian. She has a gift of prophecy and um, she doesn't know how to handle it. She doesn't know what to do and um, winds up uh, in, involved in trying to protect her friends from a satanic priest mm-hmm. who is, who is doing some, some nefarious things on campus um and we see this uh intertwined with uh, flashbacks from four years earlier so we got parallel stories that are happened her, her her freshman year of college and her freshman year of high school um and so what we see is in college we see this 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 goth girl who is who's new believer but you know she's got she's she's messed up she's got mm-hmm. broken past and then we see the innocent girl four years earlier that nothing's happened to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to see through the uh, backstory, her decline into, into the Gothic subculture, into deviant behavior, into all. And, and she goes through all of the worst things that uh, life can possibly throw at a young girl. Uh, and, and then, you know, we, see on the back side of that how how she's been transformed and how god is using those unique experiences to bless and help other people mm-hmm. um and so what, what i'm hoping people will get out of this that that there's there's always uh, you can never get too far away from god mm-hmm. there's always hope that it doesn't matter what you've been through god can still use you and God can take your unique experiences and use them in unique ways for unique situations that only you can speak into or, or help with because of what you've been through. Right. And I really want to help people to be encouraged through that. So there's four books, uh, Winter, Prophetess, Acolyte, Mantle. It follows all four years 
of um of high school and college college is the primary uh story high school is sort of the secondary story that informs what's going on in the college story and by the time you get to the end of it the high school story has caught up with the first book right so we end uh, at the in the last book in high school where the first book starts with her in college mm -hmm. so it, it's a it's a cycle that's my primary book you can find that anywhere you would find books. I think it should still be in the Ingram system. Uh, search for my name, Kevin Newsom, K-E-V-E-N-N-E-W-S-O-M-E. It's the winter series. My website is Kevin, K-E-V-E-N dot Newsomecreative.net, or you can just go to Newsomecreative.net and uh, get to me there. And I've got all the links available as well. The first two books are, should be available as audiobooks as well. Um, I've gone through some changes in the past six months, some branding issues. So I'm not entirely sure if they've got the right branding on them or the right covers. Uh, but there you go. Everything else should be available. Paperbacks and, and ebooks should should be good to go with the right branding. So wonderful, wonderful. Good to hear. Well, appreciate you being on Poets at War. And uh, everybody, be your family's bard. Do not turn to the right or to the left, and the Lord will be with you wherever you go. We'll see you next time in the trenches on Poets at War. God of song said. Love.